You're listening to episode one of Public Ice with your hosts, Chris Resendiz and Dave Kleinberg. Welcome to episode one of Public Ice. I'm Dave. Dave Kleinberg. (laughs) And I'm Chris Resendiz. So hope everyone is enjoying staying at home with their kids. Chris, are you enjoying? Uh, not, 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 not likely, but yeah. I'm, I'm, we're doing what we can. So, I'm trying to stay so, a little busy in this time frame, which is, I think is our, our topic is actually a good topic to talk about today. So, a little background. So, we come from ice sports family. Um, so, my daughter is a 12 year old figure skater. Uh, and yes, my son is a 11 year old uh, hockey player. So a U12 or a uh, Wee minor going into his Wee major year. And so right now they're typically they would be skating. How, how many days is, is uh, your son skating? Uh, a typical week. Um, he's usually, Hey Dave, real quick. Like, I'm not getting very many bars on mine when I'm talking. I can hear you fine. Though. Okay. You can hear me fine. Okay. Um, a typical skating week for uh, my son is usually three to five days a, a week that he's skating. Uh, but he just started some recent off-ice training um, and doing some things that – he's also was trying to get ready for uh, lacrosse season. But unfortunately, with uh, the COVID-19 virus, uh, lacrosse season has been uh, postponed at this point. Yeah, and one thing with figure skating is it's pretty much a year-round activity too. <laughs> but I noticed that uh, – um, you know, typically she's skating four or five days a week and uh, getting all that exercise. Uh, she also does karate, but right now it's pretty much everything is on hold, obviously. Now, what are you currently doing to, to maintain her skating uh, while this is going off, Dave? Ideally, I, I, she has a ballet bar, so she does a lot of stretching around the house. Um, but you know, right now we're kind of looking for alternative options because she does the stretching anyways. Um, and I think a lot of what she's doing right now is playing video games. Gotcha. So she's, she's stretching her, uh, her finger muscles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, getting, get, getting pretty lazy without having the, you know, the uh, schedule that we normally have for her. Yep. No, I get you. That's the same thing with Blake. Is uh, unfortunately he's he's playing a little bit uh, a little bit more games than he should be. Uh, one thing though is is I, I we've been able to um, today was a little tougher because of the weather, but um, he's actually been rollerblading a ton. So uh, nice thing is he's been blocking off the street and just actually rollerblading and, and shooting on shooting on the net. So that's kind of kept him busy. But but no, I definitely see that that happening. My son, I, I would even agree that uh, I'm probably gained a few pounds already since COVID nineteen just by uh, eating in, in boredom. Although so. you probably, because you're eating your own food, it's probably healthier than takeout. Uh, well, we've been getting a lot of takeout, though. So <laughs> oh, have trying, you? Yeah. yeah. Trying to support local businesses. Like, we have yeah. a ton of food, but at the same token, uh, my local restaurants, I want to maintain and keep them in business as long as possible, especially yeah. through this process. No, I think that's great. Um, you know, one thing is we love to cook, and we haven't in the last few years since... Anne has been so busy and getting home at the, from the rink at 7, 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock at night. So we've actually been baking breads and 
making a lot of food, so we haven't actually gone out to eat um, in a good week now. Nice, nice. Good for you guys. So, well, I, uh, I will we'll say we're eating a lot more at home as well, but we're we're trying to support the country club and so forth and so on. So excellent. Just, just to try to keep things open. I notice. Thing... Uh, yeah, I notice at the local rink they're actually doing takeout. They have a restaurant, um, and they're they're not only selling uh, food for takeout, they're actually selling produce, which is interesting. I've never, I didn't even know that that's a, a doable thing. Which rink is that, Dave? Uh, in Attleboro, the, uh, the yeah, barn. Right. I saw right. on, on their, on their Facebook, they're selling produce, they're selling meat. Wow. Oh, well, that's interesting because I'm sure because they have restaurant supplies. So they're, yeah, so they're actually able to, to get a hold of some. Because I know like the local restaurants here, or not the local restaurants, but the local grocery stores are out of most of your ground beefs and things like that. Yeah, so, so they, they, they have the, the whole thing. And I, I've seen the, the produce... Uh, um, the small produce stores have also started have a lot uh, full in stock, so you not necessarily have to go to the to the big grocery stores. You can just go to the small mom and pop stores and get everything you need. Yeah, yeah. If Ex- there's, except if there's for, one around, except for toilet paper. Yeah, although toilet paper. Listen, the big stores have toilet paper. I think toilet paper scare was just a was a big fluke. So it's one of those things. Everyone rushed rushed for it. I guess they just want to have clean bottoms. I heard someone made a Stanley cup out of toilet paper. Nice. Well, there's there's a <laughs> lot of to find that in the hockey community. There's a lot of videos uh, going around where, where they're all passing the toilet paper, like with their stick. They're hitting the stick and then passing the roll of toilet paper onto other people. So it's kind of cool. So we got to get that for the show notes. Yes, yes. Get some videos. Um, so, so Blakey, what kind of uh, uh, roller uh, blades does he have? Uh, he has the hockey kind, the uh, mission. Uh, they don't have brakes on them. They're actually a hockey boot, so they're just like his bow. They have the, actually the same bite, the same boot as his Bauer Vapors. Are they any so, good? Uh, yeah, they're, well, I mean they're 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 fine for rollerblades. Uh, they're hockey rollerblades, so he loves them. Uh, they're this close. The only thing I'd like to do though is change the actual um, the wheel mount. Uh, there's a wheel mount that mimics more of a skater's wheel mount because the one thing about rollerblades is they're they're uh, on a plateau. And they don't fluctuate like a skate does, like a skate boot. Right. So, um, so they're they're straight. They're they're not. Yeah, they're yeah. Not, so they're not. Yeah. And they, they've got a device called Mars Blades, which uh, my son wants to get a, get a hold of. I just haven't had a chance to torture. Maybe I'll do that after this uh, podcast. But um, they they mimic a little closer to what a real skate feels like. But um, I know at first he was a little nervous on them. Uh, you can tell you they just felt weird. But then he's actually gotten really good on them now. So now, just to keep him in shape, he'll, he'll rollerblade around the block and do sprints and so forth and so on. So, keeping himself now, busy. Can you do um, like hockey stops on them, or like, like how does how does how does it differ? Because I know you know, uh, I can you, I can barely skate. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, you know, you, you really can't do hockey stops. You kind of can, but it's so hard on rollerblades, anyways. So you find ways to actually maintain your movement and just turn. Um, you can, you can turn by dragging the heel. Uh, it's, it's probably a bad habit to get into for skating. Um, but at least it keeps his stride up and him practicing. So, but no, you can't do normal hockey stops on him. You basically just turn. Cause what I've noticed is every time, you know, you know, when you play uh, adult big guys, hockey, um, those, there are some guys that have, uh, uh, played, um, roller hockey or whatever you call it. And they don't stop. 
Yeah. They just glide forward. So is that just because you don't really know how to stop with those with the rollerblades? No, or yeah, it, it's because you get used to not stopping. So, and I didn't even tell you that Blake did. You just get used to turning and continuously going. It's not like where you're you're doing stops stops and starts in a in a hockey drill. Um, you're just kind of rotating through. And can you so. transition? Oh, uh, you know, yeah, you can definitely transition. You can still do all the transition motions. Again, it's a, a flat surface, so your seat cuts are a little little different. But um, the uh, the main point of it, though, is you can maintain most of your skill sets. It's just the stopping that you've got to watch out for. Are you and do you still get edges with uh, in line? Oh, yeah. Yep, you sure do, especially the way that the wheels are. Now they're not as precise as obviously a skate, but you definitely you definitely get that. You can cut those edges right on the end end of your skate. You can get pretty low on them. Really? Yeah. So the the only the other thing you have to watch out for is sticks and leaves and water. Um, I've seen Blake wipe out a few times on a, a wet pavement. That doesn't sound fun. Eh, it's it's life. <laughs> usually, um, I usually gets it back up and bounces around, but he's like, that hurt. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you yeah. should probably wear your elbow pads. Yeah, you 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 definitely uh, on ice. You keep going if you fall. Yeah, yeah. I did notice that there was uh, figure skating um rollerblades or things and i noticed there were a couple companies out there one that makes a uh frame that can attach to any boot any so in figure skating for for those that are in the hockey community your boot is separate from the blade and the boot being uh basically what you wear you know like a and the blade is obviously the skate blade so you can get a uh a figure uh whatchamacallit a roller blade or roller inline you know the wheels and attach it to a to any boot what i also noticed is a company out of rhode island i have to take a look more into this that are making a real figure skating um wheels and they make it so that there's a rocker in in it that mimics the exact figure skating blade which is much different from uh the hockey blade uh, so it's more flatter, and then the front has a, a little bit of a rocker. So apparently, you can actually do up to double axle. You can do all your your toe and edge jumps and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have to get get uh, a review or find a link to that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I would say it sounds similar to the Mars blade. Um, that is like that. It's the 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 section from the boot. It's the the holder basically of the wheels. And to be honest, I think now is probably an opportunity for these uh, companies because no one's skating. There's no ice, and no or there's ice. No one just wants to go right now. Yeah, exactly. There's too much fear about going because there might be four more than four people there showing showing up and closer than ten feet. So, no, I agree with you. I think that's uh, that's actually a key point. I, I think a lot of companies can take advantage of this things of these things like now right now, just like Public Ice has, uh, just the ability of providing information out to consumers. Um, right now, there's a lot more time on their hands, so they're actually reading into some of our articles and so forth. So let's uh, let's uh, get some information, and we'll uh, post some links to some inline skating companies that are that have some products available, because I think that could help out our, our listeners. I agree. I agree. Uh, definitely, just even mentioning Mars Blades, um, they're, they're, it's another source as well. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. Let's do it. Definitely. Although I'm still until now, do they wear helmets when they're when they're um, skating? 
I'm going to go on public and say yes. Um, unfortunately, my son does not always, which uh, I have an argument with him all the time because he likes to skate without. Like he he loves the public skating where he can skate without his equipment as often as possible because he has his equipment on so much. But um, no, I always like him to, he, he should be skating, especially rollerblading with elbow pads, knee pads, um, and uh, helmet. So, the last thing you want to do is break an elbow, you know, whatever, a bone in, in your arm or put you out of commission. Exactly. Well, and the other thing too is, is you wear those on the ice anyways. Um, so it's, it's one thing to, uh, to continue to go, but there's a little bit more, um, you run into a few more things on the, on the road, rocks, uh, things that can throw you over a lot easier. Um, and it's better, it just honestly, you don't get ice rash. You do get road rash. Mm. So big, little, little different. So, but yeah, but no, I completely agree. I, I think they should be wearing helmets because um, it always concerns me. The ice has a little bit of give, but not the pavement doesn't. Neither do the granite corner, the granite uh, portions of the sidewalk. Yeah. And I think, you know, figure skating is a little bit differently, different. Obviously there's no, uh, you're not wearing helmets out there. Um, so, you know, I think every, every skater has taken their lumps, uh, unfortunately. And it's just a matter of hoping you don't, I guess. Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing is, is anymore with the concussion protocol that's out there, um, especially even in hockey. I mean, I, I get the hockey from a, a helmet perspective just because you've got body contact where figure skating, you're usually out there on the ice by yourself or in pairs uh, or in, um, in synchro. Uh, but the, uh, you don't have anyone trying to take you out while you're trying to do your synchro performance. But I, I agree. I, I think with the concussion protocol now, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if figure skating doesn't adopt some type of helmet in the next year or so. Yeah, one thing that I have seen, and I, you know, I tried to convince my daughter that she wants to get one, and I'm not, I haven't been successful. Is there's a, a headband that is, you know, I would say, similar to like a ear uh, head wrap. I don't know what what they would call them, but where it goes around your forehead, or covers your ears, really the temple, and it's a little bit of padding, a little bit of cushion, but it's really to you know a concussion blocker uh, or it gives you a little bit of that um you know you don't see a lot of of people falling on their heads in skating but it happens enough oh yeah um, i can imagine you know it's really it happens uh i know my you know it's happened to my daughter a few times well twice that i can think of um where she's fallen and you know luckily she um uh, didn't have a concussion on either instances we just had a you know we removed her from skating for a couple of days just out of precaution but um it it does happen i mean you oh, trip. i can imagine yeah um i mean i remember one time she was in synchro um and she was skating in the line and she hit her toe pick and the and she flew forward but she was in the line so both of her arms uh were connected to the other skaters and so her arms were back, and so she fell straight on um, on her on the front of her head, um, and that wasn't that wasn't pretty. Um, and but thankfully, you know, one of her friend's fathers is a doctor, and he checked her out, and you know, we had her primary check her out too, and she was she was fine. It just had a little little bit of a bump. And then another time, you know, she was with her dance coach, and she just. Um, doing one thing or another and and you know fell and um but 
you know, it happens a lot. You see kids falling a lot, you know, not, not too much, but it happens. Um, and, uh, you know, it is, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it, it is, it is scary and, you know, well, on, on a side note, something funny, um, is if you want to see someone fall a lot is put figure skates on uh, a hockey player. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Blake, uh, when his, his grandparents took him out ice skating, they only had figure skates to rent at, at um, oh, in, um, uh, central, oh, shoot, the, uh, in New York. Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah. Rockefeller. Thank you. Um, and, uh, I know he spent more time falling because of the toe pick than, uh, anything else. Every time he leaned forward on his skates, he was literally face planting in the snow. It's, so. it's absolutely awful. Like, uh, you know, at the, uh, one of the cast party for one of the skating shows, um, you know, we're at the, uh, at the rink and, uh, one of, uh, you know, one of the moms we were joking around with her and she's like, gets, you know how to skate? Cause you know, I barely know how to skate, but you know, playing hockey is an old man. Um, and so I'm like, all right. And so they only had the figure skates. So I put on a pair of figure skates. I'd never put figure skates on in my life before and, uh, skating, you know, skating around the rink. I'm like, okay, I can do this. It's not a problem. <laughs> and then five seconds later realized that there was a toe pick on the, uh, yep. on the, on the skate went flying in front of everybody. So that, that made the uh, amusements of many people, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, um, and then, and then, as I got up and I skated around, um, one of the um, professional skaters said, "You know, you should just skate backwards. There's no toe pick." Yeah, I and agree. I was, like, I was like, I was like, thank you. <laughs> that would be okay if I knew how to skate backwards. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's the that's the hard part. But no, that's that's the funny part the, with the the difference between the skates. But no, are you what are what else are you doing to, to maintain training with uh, Anna right now? Are you doing anything special from a, a so, mental perspective or? Well, you know, one of the things that I think I'd like to, her to start doing is, uh, and we're as, actually going to have her on our on our show uh, soon. Uh, Andrea, uh, her off ice coach has started putting together some, some YouTube videos for her students. Uh, so we're going to work with her. You know, I'd, I'd like uh, Anna to kind of start following along with uh, uh, the program. Um, I think Andrea has three now that she's done. Uh, hey, but we've also – sorry, go ahead. Dave, no, I was just saying, actually, in regards to those, are those listed on the uh, Public Ice YouTube channel? They are not yet, and I'm going to get those. I'm going to talk to Andrea to see if she wants us to list them there or link back to her. She's created her own channel, which is great. So um, we'll talk to her about that. And then, uh, so she's done three now so far, Andrea has. Um, I think today she did one on jumping. And um, her son is a, is a figure skater, and he's he does a, a lot of... Uh, um, uh, big jumps off the ice, which is extraordinarily impressive. So I'm going to take a look at that, and maybe we can put those in the show notes as well as putting it up on our YouTube channel, uh, which we'll have on the show notes. But yeah, so it's it's really I've started taking a look on YouTube for different uh, off ice exercises for skaters, and there is a ton out there. A lot of them are junky, um, and that's the the problem. Not knowing who folks are could actually do more harm than good. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, it's it's understanding which it's we see that a lot in the hockey where um, there will be guys teaching people how to shoot and they're actually their form is incorrect and there's a few things that are wrong. 
So um, there, there, some people will be picking up bad habits, like especially uh, from a hockey perspective, everyone wants to to stick handle and, and they want to look cool stick handling when carrying the puck is probably a lot more efficient in regards to uh, different situations on the ice. So no, I agree. So I'm actually looking at the public ice, uh, public ice channel right now. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of stuff on there, Dave. Yeah. I think there's only three that I put up there. So we're going to, we're going to get some more, get some more up there. Um, I think I'd like to put, you know, create some playlists for everybody. Uh, so, you know, I put a playlist up there for figure skating off ice. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll add some hockey off ice and these will be, um, a public ice approved, um, clips. And so then at least it could be one-stop shopping for folks to go there. And then we are going to put up some original content as well. Uh, and then I think we should put up some humor stuff as well, as well onto the site. Yeah, yeah, no, I, there, there'll be a whole, whole whole plethora of things that are coming on from the public ice, all things that we think are important, but then also uh, some fun things to keep you guys engaged. Uh, yeah, I'm noticing that we have some figure skating off ice exercises that are listed. So that's in a playlist, but not necessarily any videos that are listed on our channel. Correct. So so right now we're going to have them as playlists, uh, but on the homepage of YouTube uh, public ice, you should be able to see the... Um, uh, the, the playlists that are available. Yeah, we, we do. Just the off-ice warm-ups. And so that's the key. If we can start, I think, you know, that'll help out a lot of our uh, families if we put up important information on there. Because definitely we don't need to recreate it if it's good. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. There's no sense in doing our own branded stuff. Uh, even if there's if there's something good out there, it's more about getting the information out to, to our uh, our consumers. Now, what type of, from a hockey perspective, what type of exercises are the kids doing? Like, I know there's, you know, stick handling and shooting the puck a hundred times, but what else is important for, for kids? Um, a lot of things are a lower body. Um, it's it, A lot of it's weight training, uh, but not quite yet. Uh, Blake is actually 12, so he does a lot of body weight training. Um, it's to isolate your body, your lower half from your upper half and keep those those two motions separate. Um, but a lot of leg squats, things along those lines. Uh, that's realistically what most of the guys are doing. But there's a lot of new techniques, though, that they're using to get explosiveness in skating, um, which I have a meeting uh, with a, um, a, a personal trainer. And uh, if, if COVID, we were supposed to have it, but with the, the whole COVID-19 thing, um, that's kind of postponed it. Uh, but to kind of do more explosive training. So a lot of more, a lot more lunges, a lot more uh, Russian box, box jumping, um, some of those, those type of exercises to to help with Blake's explosiveness. Uh, he's really fast, but this is just to help him get even more uh, quickness in his first step. Cause that first step ha ha has to be as, as explosive as you can possibly get it. So, but, uh, but yeah, we're looking into some other things. I'll, we'll have some other channels listed as well on the public ice uh, YouTube channels to, to kind of show or, or show those, those, uh, those activities. So, do you feel like the kids have trouble paying attention to YouTube videos like that or do they, um, is it easy? It, honestly, I think it's, it, it's, it depends on the kid. Like I will tell you that I've seen some of Blake's friends uh, struggle with it, but then I've seen Blake out there with YouTube video while he's shooting on slap shots, watching the slap shot and then perfecting his own form. So um, it's, it's hard to say. I think a lot of the kids, I, I, I think, 
when it comes to YouTube anymore, all the kids live and die by. I mean, YouTube kids are even watching other kids play video games. I so, that I don't that I have no clue on. Yeah, which on. I will never grasp that, Dave. I didn't like to to watch someone else play a video game while I was sitting next to them. <laughs> I, I so, could, you know, like we remember putting the quarter on the on the on yep. the console waiting for your turn. It was like it was awful to watch someone else play because that's hey, all you wanted to do was play. Exactly. So. So I think YouTube's done a great job of maintaining that focus. But then again, from a learning perspective, do I think a lot of these guys are actually doing it on their own? Maybe, maybe not. Um, just depends on each kid. It depends on their passion for it as well. So the more passionate they are for it, the more things they find. Honestly, I, I'm hearing a lot of people. Um, what I'm really interested in is the live sessions. So uh, using Zoom or, or what have not or YouTube Live or whatever it may be. Having a coach or trainer live uh, train your child. I yeah. think there's going to be a lot in the next couple of weeks. We're going to see a lot of that. Well, there's just nothing else to do. These coaches have to also make money. Oh, completely. And, uh, you there's, know, I think... there's actually a, a hockey group that actually started that, and they have classes. Uh, for $100, you can take five classes, and each each class is about an hour long each day. Um, and they're using it as a school – basically as schoolwork. And like day one will be stick handling, day two will be shooting, day three will be exercises, day four will be uh, hockey drills, and so forth and so on. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I, I agree with you. I think that's going to explode in the very near future. Uh, the people who can take advantage of it quickly uh, and use platforms like Public Ice um, would definitely benefit with that immensely. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. And we're happy to help anybody technically, you know, from a technology standpoint, uh, you know, identify what what works best you know we can always just give us a call or you know shoot us an email um we're happy to, to talk you through any of the steps needed you know we work with some other folks um that's just a side note but yeah i mean you you take a look at online learning you know online learning is just you know in general is just going to be now people realizing the importance of it um that it's not just an outlier it's actually going to be um essential for uh, classroom education Completely. Completely. You're 100% right, especially in the situation we're in. That, that kind of just proves the concept uh, right there uh, with social distancing. So I would agree with you 100%. I'm just, you know, I'm just hoping that we can get back on the ice <laughs> because I think, uh, you know, the kids are going to, a lot of the kids need it. I mean, I think, you know, uh, they're so, I, you know, they're so used to spending a lot of their um days on ice or doing exercise and now that they're not i'm sure it's it's they're uh chemically it's it's making changes in their in their body so well just the amount of playing video games i mean we all know that we all love tv but while it's a hypnotic nature has its hypnotic nature it's never a good thing to stare at the a lighted source for that long so um that's already making changes but no i agree with you uh they need those activities and those interactions so um i think we need to come up with a uh like one day a week where we just shut off all electronics oh i agree that's that's one of the things my wife and i actually did this weekend which was kind of nice not i should let me rephrase that we didn't shut off all electronics but we took time uh this weekend to go to we walked from the beach i think you guys did something similar as well yeah yep. um but we took a time yesterday to walk on the beach then today we went for a nice hike in the woods uh, just to just to get out and about, so you feel like there's some normalcy and you don't have to run into people. So exactly um, today today we were doing a lot of uh, yard work. Um, we lit a fire in the fire pit. Nice and you know burned burned wood. Um, 
and stuff like that. It was just, you know, it was just nice. We weren't inside. Of course, my kid was playing video games. Gotcha. Well, see, you'll appreciate this. I made Blake help me build uh, two gardens today. So uh, two four, four by eight uh, planters. And um, he was outside. He had to he had to move a lot of topsoil today. So bags of topsoil. I think he moved about 20 bags of topsoil by himself. So excellent. I think I, I think we should start looking at like I saw some video hockey video of like the Russian school, like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And some of their exercises was like moving wood and oh yeah, basic work just to get that yeah. work ethic. No, yeah. I agree. We, we need to get some videos of that because I think that's gonna. I think I think getting <laughs> you know that that'll be good for our kids. I think so too. Well, it'll be good. like I'm just hoping that depending on how this actually uh, affects everything economically, uh, I'm hoping that the the hockey season doesn't take a huge hit from this, uh, or the hockey community or the ice rinks uh, that are shut down right now because I know. There's definitely been some struggles there, and um, let's just hope that they rebound uh, as, as heavily as they were before because hockey has been growing, um, so it'd be nice to continue that, especially as, as well as figure skating. So, And the interesting thing is I read an article last week where hockey has been growing, but it's actually not growing in communities that you, where you would think, in like no, Boston. It's in the Midwest. It's in the Midwest. It's in Arizona. It's in California. Nevada is actually the fastest growing community. Yep. Well, obviously because of the what the Kings or the uh, Knights did out there. Um, but not to mention it's the also the development models. Uh, like we I had a great discussion with this the other day uh, with someone else and um, we were talking about uh, the different development models and, and it's funny because the Northeast is actually shrinking in hockey size. Uh, not massively, but it's it's actually constricting. Uh, but one of the best hockey development globally is actually Sweden. And the crazy thing is, is that they don't even keep score until they're 12. They play pickup hockey cons- consistently. And Well, think about how, how awful it is when you're, you're – I mean, what's the point of keeping score when it's 12 nothing? <laughs> oh, completely, completely. I mean, there's, there's certain aspects of each, each side. Um, but the, the best place that's done it in the United States is uh, Minnesota. Um, and it's because they've – don't get me wrong. Every system has their own problems. So I'm not trying to downplay the club system or – anything else, but pound for pound, the Swedes produce more NHL stars than any other program. Uh, they make Canada look stupid because the amount of kids that play. So, but in the United States, Minnesota's done it right because it's so culturally accepted. So you want to go play for your town. You want to continuously grow. And they're looking at programs of bringing other, other kids or other athletes into the sport where in the Northeast, it has a tendency to be a little bit more of an elitist sport. Now, I also heard that in Sweden, they, and this could be wrong, so I don't know if I'm, you know, this could be, uh, but that they don't play year-round. Uh, they, they don't. They play other sports. Um, and that's, listen, you're going to hear, you have a lot of people who isolate and, and play one sport all year round. And one thing I would tell you is, is I love pizza, but if I eat pizza every day for two weeks, I would never want to see another pizza for a while. And that's like that with anything sport. You need that mental break. You need those... You need your, your recovery time. Like you don't see Zdeno um, Chara playing hockey all summer long. He may do some pickup things. He may work on some skills, but he's not legitimately. He's back in the gym. He's eating. He's playing he's, soccer. Yeah, he's playing soccer. He's doing other things to, to work those, those secondary muscles because you need those secondary muscles to support those main muscles. So Ping pong. Bowling, yeah, whatever. And it's also just to get your mind off of it. You know, as well as I do, if you continuously do the same things over and over again, you just get bored. I mean, that could be a thing. Like when this outbreak happens, maybe it's going to, 
you know, reignite the light in a lot of kids. Uh, it, it may because they're getting a break. Um, I would agree with that. You see that in some kids. Um, the nice thing is, is Blake's always been a multi-sport kid. Like he's played soccer. He plays lacrosse. Uh, he wanted to play baseball this year, but honestly, I didn't have the time for it. So, um, <laughs> so he, he, he'll play. He likes basketball. Unfortunately, we've got a basketball hoop in our rim. Uh, who knows what he'll choose now? I always joke around, but it's it's hard to say that hockey's not his favorite love because any sport he plays, he always picks up a hockey stick about 15 minutes later, and he's usually hitting a puck in our house, and my wife's usually yelling at him. So, uh, so he always kind of goes back to it. But yeah, he always like I, I wish he'd get a little bit more into lacrosse because I think I actually enjoy watching that a little bit more, uh, only because it's warm. So, <laughs> lacrosse is an interesting sport. I know you and I saw that one game, the the indoors, the indoor lacrosse. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're hitting each other um, pretty hard. Yeah, that's box lacrosse. Um, and box lacrosse, I'll tell you, like I don't, I won't let Blake play box lacrosse until he gets older. But box lacrosse is tough. So it's I will definitely... say this: probably not as much money as um, NHL. No, not at, not at all. I think you're making like a uh, a um, how do I want to say a uh, three hundred dollars a game <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, but, you know, it's probably not that much different from, you know, the East Coast League or, yep. you know, the, the I was reading how much in the, the the SPHL, the Southern League, they're not making, a, you know, more than a few hundred a, a game or a week or something like that. So, oh, so yeah. you know, outside of the top league, you know, the, the NHL, the uh, AHL, and maybe the, the KHL, you're not really making huge amounts of money. So... You oh know, yeah, lacrosse is a good angle as well for some of these uh, for some of these guys who who grew up playing it. Honestly, lacrosse is one of those window sports. Um, it, it, you're, you have a lot more opportunity to get like a D one scholarship from a lacrosse than you do yeah. from hockey. And the the great thing is is a lot of prep schools will look at uh, lacrosse and hockey kids, um, and they'll cross train them because if they come there, you they're they're willing to offer a scholarship because they can play both lacrosse and they can play um, hockey, so they can offer two different two different things to the same guy. So they'll offer financial assistance, I should say, not scholarship. Now, what about the cost to play? So I know with hockey, you have ice time, you have skates. I mean, you know, it's, you know what I mean? It's got a lot of stuff, but can you get away with cheaper equipment for lacrosse? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know what I did? Um, and my wife finally forced me to stop was I just made him wear his hockey equipment. So even though, even yeah. though the, the hockey equipment's a little different and your shoulder pads don't allow you to move like you should in lacrosse, um, I was like, if he still likes it later, well, I'll buy him new equipment. But um, yeah, no, the cost is nothing comparatively. Although the sticks are expensive, um, your cleats, uh, ice, like your 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 seasonal your seasonal costs are next to nothing compared to the hockey. Um, so it's hockey is probably by far one of the most expensive sports. Yeah, I mean that's the you know it's funny because I I didn't think figure skating was that expensive, but it is. Oh, it's very and, expensive. Yeah, and it's funny because I was a figure you know someone that works in the hockey community and um, that I know and has you know a young daughter and I said, oh you should you know she said you know I said I said to the to the little girl I said oh what are you gonna do play hockey or figure skating? She said figure skating and the mom's like no. Yeah. Hockey's so much cheaper, it and is. you don't. It, and it's like with with figure skating, the worst, the hardest part is this: the ice time. It's you know, yeah. even without the coaching or whatever, every time you step on the ice, it's it's expensive, and oh, it's a definitely. lot of. And you can't practice as much as you can. You can't shoot, you know, off the ice. You can practice somewhat off the ice, 
which is really encouraging during this uh, outbreak, is maybe we'll get a little bit more off-ice practice, understandings and, and theories and, and everything. But, you know, every time you're out on the ice and you're spending 20-some-odd dollars um, to be out there, it, it adds up. It does. It does. It definitely does. And that's one of the nice things about hockey is it's a shared cost as well over a team. Um, I mean, your your ice times, your average cost in, in hockey uh, for a season of hockey in the Northeast is anywhere from 3000 depending on age. Age plays a big role in it. Um, as they get older, the, the more expensive it comes. But you're looking roughly around $3,500. Now, in the New York, New Jersey area, you're probably looking around five to $6,000. Um, in the Midwest, it's less expensive just because they're sponsored. Um, and they do a di- little little different there, but the average family is spending anywhere from five to to fifteen thousand dollars a year on hockey. Um, now, if they do the summer tournaments and things like that, it, it can skyrocket. Um, I know people who are spending around thirty five to forty thousand dollars a year on hockey, which is absolutely insane. But uh, that's that's what they're that's what their passion is. So, actually, that would be great. Let's we should try to do some uh, some statistics on this on a state by state breakdown by age of how much hockey costs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually in the Northeast, I mean, most of the states, states are there, but I'm sure we can find that, that information in the uh, associations. Uh, I mean, think because... about it that, think about it that way. Like, I guess I've always heard from hockey, like there's elite, there's tier one, tier two, whatever it may be. Imagine you have it by a, a breakdown. So you can look in New York, you have tier one and elite, right? And tier yep. one, it says New York, 3,000, elite, 4,000. And then you have New Jersey, and you can have the same thing. So by age, by by level, exactly like an average cost of what it would be. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah, it would. It'd be very telling, and you'll see where the flaws are. Um, in the Northeast, it became a business very quickly. Now, the uh, like the, the New England market, for instance, um, you have club teams, and you still have town, and town is less expensive, and, and you can find some of the... the the um, less expensive alternatives, but um, average costs are, are right around that $3,500 mark where, where ice time is a lot more expensive in New York. So your costs start to get, uh, get, get more prevalent where an average ice time ice of up here is around 250 to $260. Uh, there you're looking at 375 on the, on the inexpensive side. So, so that does, that does just like real estate, it makes a huge difference where in Minnesota, there's all kinds of municipal rinks, just like the FMCs here, uh, in Massachusetts, and um, they're all municipal. So, like my uh, in-laws, for instance, um, they live in Wyzetta, uh, Minnetonka. I'm sorry, they're right on the border when it Wyzetta, Minnetonka, and they have six rinks within walking distance, a 15-minute walk from their house. So, um, supply is just a lot lower there, and and you can rent a sheet of ice if you can find it for about 150 dollars. So, uh, so we may want to move to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, that's just how it is, you know, it's, you know, plus, you know, maybe the cost of electricity is less, the cost of water, less taxes, you know, everything. Everything, well, everything compiles up. up. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. I, th- you know, I think we should go back to my hometown and put it in an ice rink. We could probably get the ice cost down to about $50 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're actually paying you. Exactly. Um, paying, paying the patrons to, to use the ice. I mean, yeah. you could also always have sponsorships, you know, which, there's the which which is uh, amazing because the amount of people that go through these ice rinks, um, you would think that there'd be a lot more sponsors. Uh, yeah, we, these rinks. that's a that's a great point, Dave. Uh, you're you're starting to see that more and more often. It's funny that it, I know you and I always get into the digital talks because of, of our backgrounds, but um, 
you're seeing it more and more in rinks starting to look at ancillary costs and ancillary ways to make money. And that's a huge, you have an isolated market uh, all season long. So um, you, you saw it like this year, you saw it, the, the uh, one of the rinks, the, one of the larger rinks and uh, I won't mention the name of it, but um, one of the larger rinks in, uh, oh, uh, not Worcester, but uh, Marlboro, uh, they had uh, local car dealership bring in two BMWs. Um, and I thought it was an ingenious idea because there were so many people looking at those BMWs. So it was a lot of great ideas. I learned a lot of great eyes looking at that inventory. Um, it was a great way to actually bring that ancillary revenue into the dealer, into the um, yeah. ice rink. I know they do that over up, up in, uh, in Walpole too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's smart. It's just another aspect. Um, and there's the, the rink over in Canton actually had started to, um, to advertise uh, and, and kind of do traffic counts. Um, because that's realistically where they can get some of their, their revenue. Again, it's an isolated market. If you're a hockey company or you're you're someone like Public Ice or um, someone who could utilize that 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 uh, the, the, those eyeballs looking at your inventory, it's a great source. Yeah, I mean, any of these, uh, you know, it's an isolated market in some aspects. So if you take a look at and people buy what they like, what they see, and what they know. It's just, I always see that. So it's like, you know, if you you know if you see. BMW is at the rink, you, you know, you're going to be like, oh, this is a hockey player's car. So I may start looking at that SUV, BMW SUV because, you know, other hockey players. Or you see, you know, I don't know what Char drives, but let's say Char is driving a BMW. Uh, wow. You know, I want to be, I want to drive what Char drives. Yep. Yeah. We keep bringing up Char, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. All right. Excellent. So um, this was, uh, I think we're about ready to to knock off for today. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it was a good session. I think we can talk. We can kind of go on this topic. It'll be interesting to see where we go, uh, Dave, with the uh, with the COVID nineteen virus. Uh, how many we can actually get of these done, and how 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 many different topics we can do. So, so um, send send your ideas to info at publicice dot com or visit publicice dot com. Go to our Facebook. Go to YouTube. Go to Twitter. What else do we have? LinkedIn. LinkedIn, um, YouTube. So, um, Instagram. You know, send us your comments and uh, how to get better or worse at this. Um, and uh, thank you for listening in. Yeah, thank you very much for listening in.